Thank you for tuning in to Coppin' with Comic. I'm Brian Coppin. We're with comic Patrick Cotner. Patrick Cotner, how the hell are you? I'm doing, I think I'm doing about as well as I can be. Yeah. I feel like that's the only appropriate answer nowadays. But, uh, yeah, dude, that's about as good as I expect, and so it's good yeah. that you're at least at, you're at least at that level, man. You're doing a, about average or above average. Yeah, about average. I think that's, that's <laughs> probably the best way to put it. And like during the quarantine, you've been staying busy with the George Lucas talk show, and yeah. uh, but the way I found that was by going to Patrick Cotner on Twitter, but also uh, Instagram. You're Cotner, C O T N O I R, mm-hmm. and I love your picture on that. You were half. Hell yeah! Shaved head, shaved beard, and then the other half is full hair and full beard. Where are you at right now? What's your hair game right now? Right now, I am full beard, bigger than I've ever had it, and shaved head. Yeah, because I, I mean, are you? I mean, you're probably a young motherfucker to a point where you can grow you can grow that shit out pretty quickly. But are you yeah. finding that it's slow going or no? It's it's a little more slow going than I thought it would be. I've never grown. Here's the thing: I've never grown it out as far as it's been because I'm always like, oh, I'm working. I've got to keep it presentable i've got to look like a regular human being and now i'm like who cares whatever it doesn't matter uh yeah but it's it's, it's, i mean so you got the long beard but i mean like growing out the hair on top it it must be slower than than you like for sure but i actually like it short during this because i'm not sweaty Uh, it's getting to be hot here and I'm, i'm like i'd rather keep that shave um but i've sort of been experimenting you know changing it up every few weeks and seeing where we go with it that picture specifically when i'm fully shaved was from i think it was six days into quarantine when i was like you know what we're gonna be here a while let's just do this that's go for it that's i love to see that shit it's like i would like to do something right now but i'm about ready to start new jobs on site for sure it's like i can't be as fucking you know i'm a lawyer so i can't be as punk rock as as i can't do it yeah 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 so yeah so tell me about george lucas talk show because you've been doing this forever and you got you know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of subscribers for youtube and that's pretty difficult to do on youtube but you've been going for years and you have top top flight guest and i guess you have a comic who is kind of acting as george lucas yeah and you have another comic who's the guy from the tick but then you have big names like john ham etc how the fuck did you come up with this like what was the (laughs) what was the concept behind making uh impersonating george lucas and giving him a talk show (laughs) yeah so basically it's hosted by this guy connor ratliff who's kind of a ucb uh mainstay he was a ucb new york guy before that all got shut down but he um he for years he'd been doing this George Lucas impression just to make his friends laugh. He, he always thought it was funny to play this guy who's a really interesting character. Like he's a, a fascinating guy who has so many layers to him. Uh, in real life, in real life, and just like looking at his body of work, and it's a uh, I don't know, it's a weird thing. But like six years ago, he uh, wanted to start up a new show, uh, preferably at UCB, um, and he just got it going. He started doing a, a monthly talk show as George Lucas. Um, and it's sort of just grown by leaps and bounds since then. It went for like, when did we stop? We stopped in February was our last show of 2020 at UCB. And then in May, uh, we started doing it live weekly on Chris Gethard's Twitch channel. Um, but yeah, Griffin Newman plays his sidekick Watto, who's a CGI character from the star Wars prequels. Uh, It's it's truly it's nuts. It's insane. But people like it. And that's really cool. And we've gotten a lot of cool. But like Kevin Smith was on a few weeks ago. Leah Thompson was on a few weeks ago. John Hamm's done it. Ira Glass, Amy Mann, like wild, wild Nicole Byer, just crazy people that should not be doing a dumb little talk show. Uh, But but people like it. And that's right. And uh, these guys are making a documentary about the show right now. 
Um, Weird. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so like, how are these people playing their part? Like, when I see Oh Hello with with Kroll and Laney on Broadway, it's like when they have a guest on, they they prank them with too much tuna. Like, in in your, and I guess in your universe, George Lucas is just playing a talk show host. Is he he doing like a straight interview? But because he has so many layers, you're able to kind of, uh, you're able to reflect those layers through the questions? Yes, for sure. The way we describe it to people is we say, Pretend like you're going on uh, James Corden, except James Corden is a 75-year-old retired filmmaker billionaire. <laughs> yeah, what kind of bizarre questions would those be? I guess that is hilarious. I mean, right? it, the, the way that Connor plays it, which is great, he's so good at making connections to people. So he'll be like, he'll, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, Kevin Smith is an easy one because we could be like, you know, Kevin, you're a filmmaker. I'm a filmmaker too. And you uh, you have a lot of connections to, to my George Lucas projects in your movie. So he'll, he'll make some connection to the person who's a guest that they may never have thought of. Like, Oh, you worked with Steven Spielberg in this, you know, he's my best friend, right? You know, we're best <laughs> friends. Like, just crazy stuff where people will not even have think about it. And it's fun catching them off guard. Yeah. You're like, Oh yeah, you're George Lucas. I forgot that you're George Lucas. You're not just the guy who spray painted his hair. <laughs> yeah. That's God. Oh my gosh. You have to keep that in mind at all times. My Lord. Yeah. Yeah, wow, yeah, but it's, it's like, oh, yeah, like you're name dropping fucking Sp- Steven Spielberg. And he's yeah, like, yes. you know, that's my best friend, right? My my buddy Steve. That's how he refers to him, my buddy Steve. Yeah, it's like um, when I was playing, I was playing cards with Steve last night. Yeah, and he yeah, didn't yeah. mention you at all. Yeah. <laughs> but it's been fun. And we uh, we've sort of made a lot of the shows into fundraisers for different things. So we raised like we've raised almost one hundred thousand dollars in September. I think we will surpass one hundred thousand uh, dollars for different charities and stuff we did like twenty thousand for the laid off ucb employees we did almost twenty thousand for the museum moving image like it's uh rain uh food bank we've done a whole bunch of places um but is I think that kind to, of how you're getting some of these guests though i mean some of these guests are pretty good guests. sometimes but a lot of them um we either know somebody or it's a cold ask or it's just like someone knows someone knows someone and it just gets to them but i mean we're lucky in a way because my main thing is booking guests and producing stuff so I'm lucky in a way that I've worked with a bunch of people. At this point, I did ASCAT over at UCB for like uh, six years. I did the Chris Gethard show for like three or four years on cable and then public access before that. And it, you just you build up this network of people. And uh, once they do one fun show with you, they're like, OK, I guess I trust you. I trust you. Uh, they trust Patrick Cotner. That's hey, that's all I can ask. It's like, yeah, but did you know you're signing up for being interviewed by a fucking septuagenarian or whatever, <laughs> yes, Rich? Yes. And that's so cool because, like, I, I, I guess my initial thought was, okay, I'm just going to be interviewed by a filmmaker. But like yeah. you said, he's no, he's a, a rich seven yes. year, uh, you know, been rich for, for forever. <laughs> yeah. Lived in his own rich bubble forever. You know, yes. he's 70 something. So he's got to yeah. be kind of not politically correct, right? Yeah. Uh, there's a little bit of that. We try to, we, we let Griffin, who plays Watto, who is Watto, if you don't remember in the prequels, is sort of a. Who doesn't nicest, remember? Yes. The nicest way to put it is anti Semitic uh, stereotype of a slave dealer. He's the man who owns Anakin Skywalker when he's a kid. Uh, and he's, he's the one that we let be a little off color. We're like, you can be this because you're already such a, uh, a caricature of something. Yeah. That you going off crazy uh, is more fine than Connor, who's playing a real person. We try yeah. to keep we try to keep Connor fairly nice and fairly in check, 
because if you're playing a real person, it gets a little dicey if you're trying to make them into a, an asshole when they're not necessarily, you know? Yeah, you're kind of doing it without express permission, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And so you want to stay <laughs> on the right side of that because he could shut it down in about five yeah. seconds. Yeah. And we yeah. listen, we've been going for six years at this point, and I... I'm almost a hundred percent sure he knows that it exists because we've had enough people from his bubble and we know enough people in that world that I think it has gotten back to him at this point and he hasn't done anything about it, which is rad as hell. Uh, That's cool. So yeah. And so yeah, it's, I'm, you're so, I mean, you've been doing this for so long and, and it's the, you know, even the Chris Gethard show is that that's been going on recently with some of the my former guests have been on it and just and, and I thought I saw something like Chris Gethard was stopping comedy. Was that just a joke? Like on his Instagram, he said like soon stopping comedy. I think this yeah, is I don't, before the pandemic. I don't know what any of that was about. Okay, <laughs> I saw that and I was like, no, he's not. So I didn't pay attention to it. Yeah, and what is the, yeah, and a kind of what is the Chris Gethard show now? Because it's well, like my you know former guests have been on there, and I think one of them played Ariana Grande, and it's just uh, oh, it's sure. just yeah, what is it now, and 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 what yeah, role I have mean, you played? Well, the Chris Gethard show proper does not exist anymore. It was oh, okay. on public access, and then it was on Fusion for two years, and then it was on True TV for like two ish years, um, and that stopped in twenty eighteen, I guess mid twenty eighteen. Okay. But over the last year or so, six months to a year. He's building this new thing on his Twitch channel, which is called Planet Scum. Okay. Um, and he's sort of built like a comedy network. It's kind of yeah. rad. Uh, the Lucas show is on there. But every night of the week, I'm pretty sure there's a different show hosted by a different person doing their own thing. Um, and, and more growing. They just added a new uh, like a, a parody late night judge show, like a, a people's court esque hosted okay. by Millie Tamaris. And she's great. Um, but it's been really fun and people, uh, a lot of people come on it and people are watching it and catching on to it. And I think, I think it's going to just keep growing. And especially during now, it's nice to have a, a, uh, like a network where you can just do shit from home and yeah. people will watch it and people will give you money and tip you. And like, it, it's a nice, you know, it's a nice thing. Uh, yeah. And just kind of how is, I mean, you've been producing for so long, kind of, you know, what goes into being a good comedy producer? And I think one of the topics was Letterman. So maybe Letterman is something yeah. to look up to. And I think on your bio, I see that used to be at SNL. And just kind of, you know, talk about some of the comedy productions that you've kind of looked up to as something to emulate. Sure. And yeah, what of that have you incorporated into your own game? You know, as being a yeah. comedy producer, what, you know, your skills have grown because you've incorporated X, Y, and Z skills. What are those skills? Definitely. Um, I mean, I started early. I went to college in the city and I started working on the Gethard show when it was on public access when I was, I think, 19, I want to say. So I was very, very young when that started. Um, and I luckily got to intern a lot of rad places like SNL, like Sesame Street, Above Average, CNBC, like crazy cool places that you uh, each of them has been around for so long that you get to see how a well-oiled machine is run. <laughs> And then working on something like The Gethard Show or like Ask Hat over at UCB, uh, it was sort of up to me who came on the show, especially for something like Ask Hat. Like, I didn't really have any oversight. No one was telling me, no, you can't have this person or you should have this person. <laughs> so it was truly like it was The Patrick Show because it was who I was interested in that week is coming on uh, the show. So it's something cool. like, yeah, it was really rad. And it's so no I rules, like, but no guidance either. Like you didn't have the playbook from before. And so you got to create a new one. And it's like, exactly. what would happen if I put John Hamm in this improv show? Exactly. I mean, Gethard show definitely had guidance because it was on a network. But yeah. Ask Cat was kind of my own thing. And um, watching while I've been stuck at home, uh, you mentioned Letterman. I've been watching a shit ton of Letterman, like so much old Letterman. 
there's this guy Don Giller who put like thousands of hours of Letterman up on YouTube. A lot of the yeah. old NBC stuff. It's the best. It's the best thing in the world. <laughs> My roommate and I watch like two hours a day at least. Uh, oh, yeah, I used to watch Letterman all the time, and I find myself watching clips now. But it's cool that yeah, yeah and I, I think I recently saw full episodes being put on there. Yeah, this guy puts up like um, um, full compilations, so it's like, oh, here's every Siskel and Ebert appearance back to back. Here's oh, every Mary awesome. Tyler Moore appearance, just like especially in the, order. I would want to see. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's wild and it's fun seeing his show grow, but it's also sad being like, oh, so many of these people die and you're just watching them get older <laughs> as uh-huh. like you will go through it. Uh, but the thing I think I was always a Letterman guy, but the thing yeah. that I think I maybe subconsciously put in is watching a lot of these older clips. He has such weird specific guests on where they're not necessarily the most famous person, but they're just a character yeah. like they, they themselves are like a weird person who is entertaining to watch. Yeah, and I that, think that bald white guy or Rupert G or exactly. Yeah. There's yeah. so many guys. Um, and I think when I was booking ASCAT, one of my things that I would say was like, I don't necessarily want the most famous person, even though sometimes we would get very famous people and they'd be great. They're not always the most interesting. Yeah. And the people that I want, I'm like, Oh, I follow you on Twitter and I just know you're weird. And you have a little <laughs> bit of a following. Yeah. And you're funny and you're a real person. So I know that you're going to have good stories or like, oh, you're just a character actor on a TV show. Not even just you are a character actor on a TV show and you've just worked for 20 years. Like you must have stories. I know you do. So yeah. come do this show and come tell your stories. And I think that that has been a very important thing for me is like, don't necessarily look for the star power. Look for the person who's going to make it the best show. Or the show stand that, it down. Like they, they couldn't traffic in certain stories anyway if they're too famous exactly like i you know when i was doing ask it we had like mark hamill did it and alan alda did it and kevin bacon so there's like these very famous people who still told good stories but they're not going to tell the story about like uh uh someone else i'm not going to name names because this is a a little salacious story but like uh uh picking up strippers and hookers in vegas at a bachelor party you know what i mean like you're not going to get that story from these very famous people because if it gets out it's weird and it's uncomfortable Right. But th- if you book someone else who necessarily is not an A-lister, you'll get the more juicy details, I think. And I, that's kind of been the case for a while. And I think we're also pulling that for Lucas, where it's like, we are getting very famous people, we're, but we're also getting people where we're like, this is going to be a good show no matter what. Yeah. And is there kind of a different input when it comes to knowing that these guests are going to be remote that kind of influences your recruiting of them? Well, like you it's know, been, it's going to be in a normal shit, you know, a, a beautiful background yeah. in their beautiful fucking house. But if it's a character, it might be a more interesting background. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I haven't even thought of that. I mean, it's been great because Lucas for so long was in New York. We would do occasional shows in L.A. and occasional shows at like Sketchfest or Comic-Con or something. But now I'm trying to sort of exclusively book L.A. people or as many L.A. people as I can. Because I'm like, while I can do this remotely and get uh, people who don't live in New York, let's fucking go for it. Let's get as many people who don't live near us as we can because it's the best time. But I haven't thought about uh, the way you put it with just like, oh, yeah, they might have a different kind of background. Like, I, I haven't thought of it that way, but that's an interesting interesting way to go about it. Yeah. And is there kind of ways where you can you know, suggest that they do their segment somewhere else? Like. You know, like even with the DNC, you know, certain people are yeah. doing their kind of remotes from the crossroads or they're doing it from sure. um, something more interesting. And so have you have you kind of, you know, encourage your guests to kind of film it anywhere else? Are you comfortable doing so? I suppose if they're C-listers, I suppose it'd be, you know, a more yeah. comfortable ask. I think it depends on the person. I'm trying to think. I feel like we have had someone. Well, Connor, 
the host of the show. We, we do a lot of shows where we're like watching along a season of a TV show. And those are usually our fundraisers. So we'll do like a 12 hour live stream watching a full season of something with guests stopping by. Oh and at Lord. some points. Yeah, it's it's dumb. The, our first show was 30 hours. Well, that guy's got to be hilarious to fucking keep that funny. Oh, for sure. Our first show was 30 hours long and we watched every Star Wars movie in a row. Uh, like in chronological order of the movie. So it was like episode one, episode two, episode three. It was insane, but we raised 20 grand. So like it all pays off. And so he's Um, able to be like, I don't even remember how I shot this scene. Like if he's got nothing, he just ripped like that. Exactly. And he was half asleep for half of it. Um, But he, because that's how it would be in in real life, right? Yeah. At some points, if he gets bored, he's staying with his parents in the Midwest. And if he gets bored, he will just uh, grab his camera and just go for a walk, which is like not something you can do if you're in a theater like yeah. he'll just be like okay i'm going to walk around their backyard now and just like pick up the camera on the tripod and walk around so like that it does give this sense of like um uh, uh, uh a little more interesting background to the thing where it's not just a static shot of a guy sitting at a table like it's like oh he's he's walking by a river now <laughs> like what is this so you have, to, what is so you have to pretend like that's a river that goes through his palatial estate oh yeah at skywalker ranch in uh, marin <laughs> county that's where, that's where that's where he's staying right now. Wow. Um, yeah. And so but he came up with this. Like, at what point did you join the George Lucas talk show? So I, his first show was at this place called the Producers Club in New York, which was this really tiny room that you had to pay a lot of money to use. And he mm-hmm. had like 10 people there, 15 people in the crowd. It was a very, very small crowd because no one knew what it was. And I got there and I was friends with him because we had worked together on Ascat and the Gethard show. And he goes, hey, my warm-up comping, my war- oh, sorry, my warm-up comic uh, dropped out. I need you to be the warm-up comic. And and I am not a comedian. I'm not a stand-up. I'm not anything. And I was like, oh, okay, sure. So I just did 10 minutes of warm-up because I'd been to enough talk show tapings that like I knew generally what to do. And it was like a fun kind of parody of uh, you know, Seth Herzog's opening at the Tonight Show or something like that. Um, so I did that, and then I sort of was just coming for a while, and then maybe six months into the show, six months, nine, nine months into the show. He and I were talking to someone else and he introduced me and he goes, oh, this is Patrick. He's my producer. (laughs) And I was like, what the hell are you talking about? And he goes, you're my producer for the show. What do you mean? And I was like, you've never said that to me. How do you like, how do you expect me to know that I'm your producer? And that was, you know, five or six years ago at this point. So it's been uh, it's been kind of going strong ever since we started. We started as a midnight show on a Friday at UCB and it used to like sell out a lot. And then eventually it worked to a 7 p.m. show on a Friday um, and it would still sell out. But and when somebody was, says that, is that flattering to you or have you been a producer for long enough that you're like, you just roped me into a bunch of fucking work without my consent? Uh, no, that's flattering. I mean, here's the <laughs> thing. I wanted to be working on it. It, it depends okay. on the gig. It depends on the gig. If someone else said that, I'd be like, all right, let's <laughs> hang on. Uh, hold your horse for a second. But uh, Connor and I are good friends and I wanted to work on it. And. I'm you know I've always been a little Star Wars freak since I was a kid so like it was kind of all of my interests coming together into one thing um so it it worked out for me but uh yeah I don't know it's been it's been a fun ride and I hope we get to keep doing it for however long uh you know we we want to as long as it's fun we'll keep doing it and is it ever gonna get old like meaning are you know is are either you or Connor going to get fucking sick of uh George Lucas? Well, here's the thing. I mean, it's been six years and we're not sick of it yet. So like, because that's just one of the things he does. You know, I look on his channel. He looks like he also does the KFC guy and he does a bunch oh, of yeah. other stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does a ton of stuff. He's he 
he's a busy guy and he likes having a lot of projects. He's got a great podcast right now called Dead Eyes uh, that okay. I think people should check out. It's about him getting fired by Tom Hanks from Band of Brothers. Uh, oh, that's thing. that guy. Yeah, I've seen that yeah, before. That's fucking yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. But dude, it's watch great. out. Don't don't be too complimentary, man. He'll he'll kind of be like, hey, guess what? This is my producer. Yeah, this yeah, Patrick, I mean, Patrick Connor guy is my producer for Dead Eyes. Do you know listen, that? I've already made it clear that I have a day job and I already do multiple things for him and I can't keep on <laughs> taking new things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's been fun and I don't it, it hasn't gotten old yet. And I think I think he will get sick of it before I get sick of it. And I think it'll yeah. be a while before he gets sick of it. Good. Yeah, you can't get sick of people laughing their ass off. No, no. And people like it. So who cares? Yeah, that's so fucking cool. So I, I can't wait to see it. And when's that? When do these things typically drop? Are they, they're typically so, on YouTube, but do you also clip them at uh, Patrick Cottoner on Instagram or no? Uh, or you yeah, also have I, your own channel there? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. will. Um, they're they're Sunday nights at eight p.m. Uh, every Sunday. They're live, and then they uh, go on YouTube usually the next Tuesday or so. And I'll put clips up on YouTube or on Twitter or on wherever. Um, but yeah, you can watch. We've done. We figured it out. We've done 127 hours since May. So people can go check it out and watch whatever you want. I'm sure you will find something that you like. Yeah, uh, looking at when, some of these videos, I see Chris Gethard is on one of them. Yeah, yeah, he comes on. He comes on a lot. He's, you know, he's sort of the boss since we're on his channel. He's sort of oh. our, uh, you know, he's our head of head of programming. Are you, I, I mean, so, so you're saying Chris Gethard, is, you're on his channel with respect to what, like Twitch? We're on his Twitch channel, yeah. So his with, with George with George Lucas talk show. Yeah, yeah. We are their Sunday night show. Um, yeah. So if you if you want to tune into his channel on Sunday nights, you would see us. That's so fucking cool, man. And, Patrick Cotner, you're just a badass motherfucker. You've been <laughs> you've been producing comedy since I was born, I think. I think that's probably true. Yeah, which is crazy because I think you're probably older than me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so if I'm 40, you must be 60, and you won't yeah, be able exactly. to grow that hair back that you shaved <laughs> off know. for years. Oh, what, well, a mis- what a mistake! Well, Patrick Cotter, it's been so good getting to know you because you just are a stud, and I'm just, uh, you know, now that I'm in your network, it's going to be like, let's call up that Brian Coppin guy. He can, it's what a, can he do? He can interview people, I guess. Straight to the top, straight to the stars. Here we so go. I love that. I love that so much, Patrick Cotter. Thank you so much. Thanks, dude. Have a good one.